Hey everyone, this is your host, Jake Hirschman. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast. We are excited to bring you Suja Organic as our sponsor for today's episode. If you go to shop.sujajuice.com and enter the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, you'll be able to receive 15% off their packages. Excited to have Suja on board and thanks for listening. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to today's episode on Life in the Front Office. I'm your host, Jake Kirschman, here with my co-host, Pat Gallagher, and our guest in Ted Gregory, Director of Diversity Initiatives and Talent Retention uh, at Columbia University. You're going to talk to him about um, a new program he's got on the rise and excited to dive into details there, but also how diversity, equity, and inclusion factors into the talent retention and recruitment world. Ted's got a plethora of experience uh, to dive into and relate on. Um, nonetheless, Ted, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jake and Pat. So I, I've known I've known Ted for a long time. We've uh, uh, and in looking at your background, Ted, I, you know I knew you were you know you were a student, you were an athlete, uh, you were administrator at Columbia, but your your association with Columbia goes back almost fifty years. Uh, from when you were a kid to now, you know, you went through the business world, you were in executive search, um, and you've, but you've, you've stayed connected with, with Columbia. And this is something that, uh, that really caught our eye because it's a, um, you know, uh, diversity, racial justice, inclusion is on everybody's agenda. And looking at what Columbia is doing in this area, um, I, I, maybe you could just explain how did this start? What what were what were the impetus to get the program going, and and how do you see it? How do you see it move, moving forward? Well, you know, I I, I have to uh, uh, give the, the the credit to our president Lee Bollinger, who you met, Pat, uh, yeah. uh, and. Lee has been, is the longest tenured president in the Ivy League. Now, he was a president of the University of Michigan before coming over to Columbia. And at the University of Michigan, he argued the affirmative action case in front of the Supreme Court twice. And literally came over here at Columbia and put it into practice. We've got one of the most diverse schools in the nation. Over 63% of our student body self-identifies people of color. And so the the the... Lee Bollinger's lead on this, and you can go back 10, 15 years and see he's had a diversity statement in, uh, in, in place during all that time. And recently, you know, post George Floyd, he, he re-upped that. He basically sent out a letter. We've got 18 schools that make up Columbia and said, I want every school to uh, to jog their curriculum uh, towards social justice. And, and I don't care what field it's in. I want you to look within that field and, uh, and, and come up with the history uh, uh, that we should be teaching our, our, our students. And so that has really filtered into every area of the university. And you mentioned the, uh, uh, the, the athletics piece. So one of the things that I did post George Floyd uh, was put together a, a, a 90 minute facilitation on social justice. 
And I rolled that out to, we've got 31 varsity teams. First I, first I did it for our coaches, then I did it for our athletic administrators. And then I went to each team individually. Uh, because you know what, what we felt is that that could be a bonding experience for them. Uh, and you know, so that was during, that was during the summer of last year. And, you know, certainly what we've seen out of that, Pat, is, uh, you know, just a, a, a burgeoning of interest, effort. And, and I could tell during the facilitations, people wanted, you know, they wanted action. What, what can we do? How can we help? Where, where, where do we go? And fortunately, Columbia offers, a, a, you know, a lot of avenues for, for those things. And plus, our surrounding community offers a lot of avenues. Uh, and, and our sports teams of shirt and certainly, you know, work with places like Har Harlem Children's Zone, uh, uh, Urban League, et cetera, and, and have, you know, done quite a few things to, uh, to, to aid our community. But, the, you know, the, but Columbia itself, so we've got this uh, uh, social justice uh, big idea, and it's one of our fundraising ideas. We have raised over a billion dollars. And one of the initiatives in that is uh, Eric Holder, uh, a former attorney general, uh, was a Columbia graduate, Columbia undergrad. As a matter of fact, we were in the same class, uh, uh, Columbia undergrad, Columbia law school. And he came back here and set up the Holder initiative. And what he does is takes undergrad students, law students, around the country and uh, battles gerrymandering laws, uh, uh, voter suppression. Uh, and, and so that, that, uh, that part of that billion dollars funds that, that particular initiative. So there's a lot of things going, going on at Columbia and, and we certainly encourage our students to get involved in, uh, in, in, in whatever it is. And you know, the, 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 as far as the students are concerned, uh, from my standpoint, you can be involved in a big way, you can be involved in a small way. Uh, the small way is every conversation you have. Uh, you know, how do you, you know, how do you stand up in those conversations? How do you, or lay back in those times, you know, because those, those are just as important as all the big things down the road, because you never get to the big things unless you get through these small conversations. Is there a uh, way to measure progress? I mean, you can say this, but is there a way to, to chart your progress along the way? Oh yeah. Uh, so what we, what we did as part of that uh, uh, initiative we discussed was uh, uh, we, we set up subcommittees uh, and the subcommittees really do all the work. I mean, they're, they're, they're looking at hiring practices. They're looking at uh, 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 promotion practices. They're looking. They're, they're looking at every aspects, every aspect of our uh, uh, of the way we function as an athletic department, uh, and and because of that, you know, it's it, it it's led to lots of interesting conversations that were never had before. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, you know, you mentioned I had gone. I, I go way back in in doing a lot of this stuff. Uh, so I, I literally go back something like, uh, you know, I, I was involved in Bill's hiring. Yeah. So I, I go uh, uh, way back in this stuff. And, 
but the last 20, 22, three years, I, I've been heavily involved. Uh, and, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, we hired Norris Wilson, who was the first African-American coach in the Ivy League. Uh, at the same time, we had Joe Jones here, was our, but was our head basketball coach. He's now at Boston University. Uh, and uh, so two African-American head coaches in your high profile sports and a female athletic director. So, you know, we've had uh, a history of, you know, you be, you're in the most diverse city. Uh, so it's right that your campus should be the most uh, diverse. Uh, so we got, we, we've got a history. We got history. Take those practices and share them to the communities that aren't in New, you know New York City, where it's a diverse population, right? How do you get those practices to be shared amongst you know the the schools that don't have sixty three percent of their population you know with people of color? I mean, where where can you because each and every place is a little bit different, right? And how you each and every place is a little bit different. And, and but the the, com the commonality is we've got we, we've got uh, students from all fifty states, hundred different countries, and so as I was putting together my facilitation, it had to accommodate people who knew nothing to people who knew everything and make it meaningful to all of them. And the the, the way I sought to do that was get every to some, get everybody up to a base level of understanding about what the history is. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? What? What led up to George Floyd? Because George Floyd was the tender keg that uh, set the whole thing off. But uh, there's 400 years of history prior to that. You know, you uh, mentioned Bill. I, I, I think we just should mention Bill. Mentioned Bill Campbell, who was you know legendary, uh, certainly at Columbia. He was a went to Columbia, was a player at Columbia, uh, coached Columbia. Um, and actually wound up as the uh, chairman of the board of trustees at Columbia. And he used to say, we used to talk about this, about um, how do you sort of force um, th these sorts of changes? How do you force diversity? And he said, you know, uh, in a company, if, if the company is reporting to me, you know, I, I, I feel like it may take a little longer to find the right person but you have to do it and you have to give permission to your, you know, sort of department heads and others who are in the process of firing or of hiring and firing people to, um, to do this. And, it, you know, it takes a lot of courage to do that. And I know he was a big proponent of it in the, you know, I mean, I, <coughs> you, Bill, you, Bill, Bill. Bill was funny. He used to uh, he used to walk into meetings at the at the, at, at Columbia uh, and look over at me and say, hey, "There's too many old white guys here." <laughs> <laughs> he was nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, you know, yeah, the, uh, uh, the 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 issue about how you how you uh, encourage diversity and how you hire diversity. See, I don't, I don't think there's ever been a problem hiring diversity. I think there's been a problem promoting it. There's uh, a big difference there, Ted. I mean, that's, 
that is a big difference. But but I you know I I walked I worked on Wall Street for twenty odd years. I worked in uh, uh, you know the executive search business for you know fifteen years. Yeah, what I saw in those industries was not a lack of ability to hire, but nurture, promote. That's that that's your issue. Uh, because most of the people wash out in five years. Yeah. Why is that? Why is it? Is uh, it well, where so, so, so think about what normally happens. Normally, people take somebody under their wing who remind them of themselves, right? So what does that do for the diverse population? You know, right. Yeah, just blowing in the wind, right? Um, so, I, you know, I think there are and, and, and most of these, you know, programs and mentoring are informal. So there's no pressure on anybody. So they can choose who they like, right? right. Uh, it, but it just, it just doesn't work the same way for everybody. How do you, <laughs> help, how do you help build a culture? You know, Pat was, Pat was with the Giants for 30 some odd years where, you know, they can they, they thrive on their culture, right? And, and they, they pride themselves with their culture. But culture ultimately is just as slow changing as, you know, the, the diversity, equity, inclusion problem that we're talking about as well, right? So it's not a snap of a finger change. It's really hard to change culture. It is. And, and you know, I, I look at LinkedIn from time to time, and every time I go in, uh, because I have diversity in the, my title, I'm seeing all of the job openings on, on uh, uh, diversity and you know chief diversity officer. And I got to tell you, I have never seen more companies top to bottom looking for one position like I have in the last six months in, in, in those roles. And interestingly enough, they're all saying somebody has to have, you know, what, five years experience or whatever. There aren't that many of them. <laughs> so, so with, with the, you know, I, and, and there was one I would have been interested in. And Pat, you're not going to like this, but there was the chief diversity officer of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Oh. Oh. And I said, and I said, if this had been ten years ago, <laughs> I would have been in Magic's box. <laughs> Ted, what what makes someone qualified for for a role like that, especially in a time where you you know you just mentioned it's people are trying, you know, organizations are trying to hire one after another in those types of positions. I mean, well. I, you know, I don't know that it's any different than any other, uh, any other management role um, uh, at companies. What I do think is that there's a wide discrepancy in success or failure based on where they report into. And I've said, you know, I've seen time and time again, uh, you know, the chief diversity officers being frustrated because they report into human resources. As opposed, as, as opposed to reporting into the C-suite. Now you might say that's a minor difference, but what's the, you know, what's the message you're sending to your organization? You gotta listen to this or you don't have to listen to this. Right. 
So I think, you know, I, I think once we get, once you, once these companies get the reporting lines right, I think it's, uh, you know, the, 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 these things can work because, you know, all, the, all they're doing is trying to increase the inv- uh, available talent pool out there. What's wrong with that? Nothing. It's, it, it is, you know, and it's a difference between, you know, some, some organizations want to be, they would like you to believe that they're doing the right thing. And then there's others who actually want to do the right thing. And so I think that what you're, it, what struck me about the announcement at Columbia was that, um, I mean, Columbia is one of those universities that, you know, it's a role model. It sets an example. Um, it's, you know, it's, this, it's tradition. And if Columbia is making this a priority, then I think it's, um, I think it's going to be something that people are going to, the other universities and organizations are going to keep an eye on. And they're going to, you know, I think in terms of measuring and also, you know, documenting your progress and, and being able to give it visibility, I think is going to be a very important part of this. Yeah. You know, the, the, the other interesting thing that happened post George Floyd is I've been put on six different diversity committees uh, between Columbia and the Ivy League. Yeah. Uh, and seven, if you add my church. <laughs> uh, so it's, it, it's really taking root. Uh, uh, there's there's a lot of interest in, in in making sure that people are educated and uh, understand what the issues are, uh, and and I just you know feel that it, it, you know the if we can't make it work this time I don't know that there'll ever be a time that it can. Yeah. So. That's why I'm running so hard and not turning down any of these uh, 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 this committee work because I think it all it, it all has uh, uh, benefits. You know, one one of those committees is the is the hard sciences. Uh, uh, you know, so I'm meeting with uh, you met with the people who you know physics, biology. Uh, uh, data science, you know, neuroscience. You know, so, it, and we were talking about um, AP chemistry. Uh, you have to take the AP chemistry, uh, Columbia, you had to take the AP chemistry exams to get into Columbia uh, uh, pre-med. And so what, what they found over time was it didn't matter whether somebody took that AP course or not, it didn't, it wasn't a determining factor in whether they got through it. And so the, the, during that meeting, we talked about dropping it and that will add to diversity in those spaces. So I think it's little things like that. Uh, you know, they don't sound big in the scheme of things, but that's huge. Yeah. That's somebody's career that we, you know, we kind of wiped out just by not thinking about it. It's great. So if, if you had to say, uh, you know, look back a few years, let's, let's go into the future. What would you like to see? What would be a, a, a major um, result that would, you could say that this, this whole initiative was a success? What would have to happen? Well, to, so to me, that, that's just an understanding. So 
I, I think what was convenient in the past is that people could walk away from this or not think about it because it doesn't it, it doesn't affect their lives right but it does yeah it, it affects everybody's life in this country uh positively or negatively and ignoring it just makes it part of the problem makes you part of the problem um i you know i i don't um with the events that occurred you know for the last four years i don't see how anybody can say it's not a problem it's not an issue yeah um and you know so so you know i, th I think we just need to listen to each other I mean, I think the, 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 the whole idea and why I appreciate being on here is that, you know, th th this is a conversation that has to be had. I, uh, you know, one of, one, one of the other things I, I, I did, you know, I met with a few uh, other chief diversity officers around the city. And uh, one of them happened to be uh, with the New York Police Department. So, she had heard about my uh, facilitation. And so I did it for the, the New York City Police Department leadership. And that got a very interesting response because, you know, I, I, I we, you know, it was a 90 minute facilitation and two hours later, we were still talking. And they were totally engaged. They were vulnerable. They were uh, trying to be the solution, not the problem. And, and, but again, unless we have those conversations, nothing changes. Right. So, I, I, I mean, I think I, I'm not trying to applaud myself, but, you know, but people need to put themselves out there in those uncomfortable situations, because that's uncomfortable for everybody. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a major effort. I'd like to think that we're making progress, but you you said it. You said if 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 we don't make progress after what's happened in the last four years, uh, you know, we 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 got to get a new playbook. And this is, um, but it's what what caught our attention was just the announcement that Columbia made and the 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 level of importance that the university put on this effort. And I saw the announcement, frankly, before I saw that you were involved in it. And, <laughs> and I saw your name and I said, okay, we've got to let Ted talk about this. So. Uh... Ted, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate the thoughts and insights. And uh, certainly we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep uh, track of, of where you go and um, how Columbia continues to help others. Absolutely. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks again for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast. Remember, today's episode was brought to you by Suja Organic. If you go to shop.sujajuice.com and enter the code LIFO, L-I-F-O, you'll be able to receive 15% off of their packages. Excited to have Suja on board for the month of April. And again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for next episode.